Hi gorgeous, welcome to Fitness and Mimosas, a podcast of girlfriends from around the world who lift up each other, celebrate each other, and embrace our own definition of beautiful. So let's go ahead and put down our kettlebells, slide into a pair of sexy slitters, and have a great time. Welcome to the party! Hi beautifuls, welcome to Fitness Mimosas. I always talk about sisterhood and the power of being a woman and how I met today's guest is the perfect example of that. Um, I was attending a CPR course a couple weeks ago and the gorgeous Kate and I met there. We share the same passion and I just knew I had to have her on the show. So welcome to the show, gorgeous. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. So a little bit about it. She's a group exercise instructor from cycling to boot camp to bicycle to Pilates. She has a love for life, fitness, and realizing your best self. Just, oh my goodness. I just love the fact how we just connected in a really random place. And to me, like, that's what sisterhood is about. Can you tell a little bit about yourself and how you started? You know what? I I love that you say that because it was so funny for those of us who are tuning into this podcast we met in like the parking lot in some random strip mall outside of our CPR course <laughs> went to Starbucks together so yeah. nothing bonds to women like some Starbucks yeah um so such a coincidence but absolutely so let me tell you just a little bit about my my background I guess I'll I'll start with my fitness background and then if we we spread out from there so yeah. Yeah. um I've definitely been an athlete my whole life um and I say athlete because I think athlete is a mentality. Anybody can work out um, and anybody can be an athlete, but that's kind of always the the space that I've moved from. Uh, So I, you know, I did a lot of sports growing up. I was pretty much always moving, um, especially as I got into high school. And then when I got to college, I was no longer on a team sport and I felt a little bit lost. Um, Sports had always been a really big part of my life, especially as I was coming of age and after a semester in college of being on the elliptical for 30 minutes at a time and just yes. totally hating my life and like wasting away and being so bored um, while I was like sitting there like, Ugh, I miss my team. I miss the motivation that comes with it. I miss like, yeah. you know, doing fun things with other people. Uh, I found group exercise. And so I found it because one of my roommates was really into it. And so I went to a class with her. We always did Um, It was called a free week of fitness at the first week of the semester and the last week of the semester during exams. So I just hopped into a cycling class and I literally almost walked out halfway through because it was super hard. Um, But I went with, I'm a little bit competitive and I went with some of my girlfriends. And so I was like, if they're not leaving, I can't leave. Like I stuck (laughs) it out and I was hooked after that. I was so sold. So that's where I found group exercise. And I got my certification to teach in college, and since then I've been teaching all sorts of different classes um, through grad school, after college, and now as I enter the working world. Oh, I love that. So how did you go from, because you took a very very proactive approach, you know, like being an athlete and realizing, hey, this carries over to everything I do, you know, because it really does, because you're this, we're Mm -hmm. the star of our own show, show, right? But you could have gone left instead of going right so to speak like you got sort of the guts and the hotspot to say okay I'm going to go into the gym I'm going to put the best my best self out there how are we able to go that path versus 
when you lose your identity, you can sometimes just lose yourself and it's hard to get up and go. So like, what was that mental threshold that you Yeah. Had? Yeah. I think that's a good question. And I've been really blessed my whole life to, to usually be operating from a point of strength. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about the way I was born or how I was raised or just, you know, whatever circumstances have happened throughout my life. But I'm fortunate that whenever, you know, everybody feels those days when they're feeling lost or they don't have direction and you have no idea what the future holds and it's kind of scary. But for me, those periods last for a few days at a time rather than a few months or a few years. So I'm, I'm really fortunate in that way. Uh, so for me, it was kind of, while I was in a holding pattern of, I don't really know what I'm doing with my, the athletic portion of myself here. I knew that something would come. So for me, it was just a matter of time of figuring out what that would be. Oh, I love that. I love that. So it's like actually like who you are as a woman. That's like part of the essence of you. Absolutely. And I think it's it's important to find that part of yourself. So for me, being active, being fit is a really big part of my life. For other people, it's it's beauty or it's reading or it's art, whatever it is once you find that thing that really clicks with you and it, it turns your life just to be a little bit brighter every day that it's part of your life. It's yeah. so important to hang on to that and make it still be like a really valuable part as you transition through the different periods of life. Yeah. Now this question's it's a little bit general, a little bit deep, but what would you say to the woman, whether it's something going sideways, her career, her marriage, maybe she was in a domestic violence situation, but you know, circumstances happen and she doesn't know who she is and she doesn't know how to find it. What's this first step that you take in order to find out what it is that you want to do? Yeah, that's definitely, it's definitely a, a big question. So one of the things that I've really been working on in the past year or so, that's really kind of helped me really take a hold of life and feel like I'm in control is to change my mentality from things happening to me, to things happen, and I can control how I respond to them. Oh, I everybody love is. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, everyone's walking through life, and we can't control what anybody else does. We can't control if the car in front of us breaks too hard. We can't control if a tree falls down um, while you know we're walking home and takes out the power lines, and then we're out of power for a week. We can't control any of those things, yeah. but we can control our reaction. So. Uh, I can control if I get angry because I'm in the traffic for an hour, or I can control if instead I say, you know what, I'm here. I might as well enjoy the time with myself to really think and just be present in this moment with myself that I don't get that often. Oh, that is so empowering. That's beautiful. Oh, I love that. What is the... What is it that you love the most about what you do? And is there a particular client story that stands out to you? Yeah. So I, I, someone told me at some point along my group exercise path, someone said the purpose of group exercise is to take the participants to a place where they can't get on their own. And that's always stuck mm-hmm. with me. So, yeah. you know, anybody can turn on YouTube and find a pre-made workout that they can do from their living room or, you know, whether it's through um, a service like Beachbody or something like that, you know, any of those things that get people moving, that's awesome. Whatever it is that gets someone moving, 
that's a great place to start. But for me, the reason I clicked with group exercises because you do that, get that team group mentality where you're working with other people. And for me and for many other people, you really can't accomplish something that is greater than what you'd get on your own. You know, it's so yeah. much more empowering and fun to be in a room full of, you know, 20 or 30 people than to be on the elliptical by yourself just wasting away. So uh, a client story that stuck with me, um, let's see, I have a few, but one one of the ones that, that first came to mind was there was a woman who, while I was teaching um, at my undergrad college, she, she was a grad student. She was probably around 30 years old, uh, and she was foreign. And she came to my HIT class every week for a whole semester. And so we usually had regulars in the class. We got to know each other pretty well. And this woman, she came up to me one day after class and she said, you know, I love your class. It's the first thing that's, you know, gotten me back into being healthy and exercising. Uh, but one thing I'll tell you is don't let yourself go because it's so hard to get back. Yeah. Um, and so I guess she'd gained about probably about 30 pounds between whenever she was at her peak fitness and where she was at then. Uh, and she was able to lose some of it and to kind of get back into shape, but it's hard because life gets in the way. And I think that was a, a good lesson for me. Um, for context, I was at that point, especially in my fitness path, I was all about like, you know, go, go, go. We're all going to be world-class athletes and you can yeah. push 10% harder and you're going to get more out of this and you're going to be the, you know, best physical specimen you can be. Uh, and it kind of made me realize for one of the first times that everybody's in the gym for their own reasons and their own goals. And we as people leading them through whatever workout they're getting need to be really aware of their goals rather than our goals. So for mm -hmm. me, while I might be, you know, I'm 24 years old, I'm naturally athletic. I love doing distance running races and, you know, I'm trying to get into triathlons and I like weightlifting and I can do all these things. My body's okay with it. For other people, they're just trying to be healthy. They're not trying to, you know, run the marathon. They just want to be able to run a mile. Right. Right. And it's giving yourself grace too for wherever you are, because you're right. Like wherever you are is a respectable place to be proud of, you know? Absolutely. That's such a good point, which I think some people forget. They, you know, you get caught up in where you want to be. Yeah. But where you are, it's something that we've all earned, wherever it is. You know, we've all put in effort. We've all, you know, lived our life in this, you know, amazing vessel of our body. It's a really incredible machine that we even don't even fully understand with science yet because yeah. it's so complex and amazing. And so we have put it to work in all these different capacities. So wherever it's at, as long as, you know, you're treating it reasonably well, it's going to be doing these fantastic things for you. Yeah. Oh, I love, yes, yes. Like my new thing, well, last month it was treat your body like Godiva. Now it's treat your body like champagne. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Right? Because <laughs> our bodies are so amazing. <laughs> I um, love I, that. <laughs> I think women especially, like, I feel like we love to be in a community. And I love the community aspect of fitness. But sometimes I think like we, and when I say that, I'm just referencing our, our own insecurities in general, you know, we end up taking ourselves sort of out of the game because of our insecurities. So what would you say to the person that wants to get back to the gym, they want to try out some of the classes that they've seen, but they're feeling uncomfortable about showing up 
you know, and then being the odd person out or being the person that does everything wrong. Absolutely. And that's something that I think is such an important question because so many people struggle with it. Yeah. Um, I'll even say, you know, in my own life, I struggled with getting into a weight room because I don't always know the right weights to use to start off with, or, you know, it feels like all eyes are on you when you don't know yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. So what I would say to those people who are, you know, trying to get their foot in the door and just get in the gym for the first time or in the class for the first time is usually 99% of the time, everybody else is so caught up in what they're doing yeah. that they don't even have time to think about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Absolutely. And I don't know if you've, you know, experienced the same thing with your clients or whatever, but someone might take a glance over, but they're working out, they're tired. And if, mm-hmm. if they're not, you know, working out hard enough at the gym that they can spend 15 minutes thinking about how your elbows need to be closer in together on your, you know, tricep moves, then they just need to reevaluate their own lives because you're working on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the most important thing. I love that. Yeah, because it's sort of like, okay, so my reps are my reps. If you want to look and worry about me, go ahead my reps are getting done and those are going to be the ones that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. You know, like. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you know, when everybody leaves that gym, you are, you're in a different zone, you know, like in the gym, people are operating, you know, maybe somebody is like super fit and they're like checking out their biceps, every other rep in the mirror or something. (laughs) When you leave the gym and you put your, you know, long sleeve button down back on those biceps go away, you know, they're gone. And so it's important to not just judge yourself on your body or whether you know what, what you're doing, like in the move, because it's your first time there, but also, you know, you, we all bring so much to the table. We're so much more than just what we are at the gym or just what we are at work or whatever it is. So, so it's easy to get wrapped up in, in the thing you feel most uncomfortable with and so easy to forget how incredible it is are the things we do feel most comfortable with. Yeah, no, that's true. It's like we're what's behind the gram, not, not what's on Instagram, you know? Exactly. I love, I love that. So I know that you teach several different kinds of classes, like to say, like, find me what works for your body. So like finding which stiletto you want to showcase right. for day. <laughs> Are there any types of classes that you recommend for a certain type of person? Or could you give a background about the different types of classes that you teach? Yeah. So what I'm teaching most right now is cycling classes, the indoor indoor cycling, better known as spin classes. I really like those. I think they're kind of like a catch-all for if you're just, if they build strength in your legs, they also build cardio endurance super well. Um for any class, it's really important to find an instructor who you click with. Uh, It's so important both based on the type of workout you're looking for and based on how you're best motivated. So for me, I'm really motivated by people. Um, A, I I do well with praise. I know that about myself. So if you praise me and then you say, I bet you can't go, you know, 10 watts harder on the bike, like put a little bit more power into the pedals, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But if you just if you just stare at me and say you can go harder, I'll be like, eh, maybe not. You know, eh, I probably can't. This is hard. I'm tired. Uh, so it's it's about finding somebody who clicks with you. So for for any class overall, but for cycling, I think it's great for people who 
um, you know, you want to be efficient with your time at the gym, you can get both um, high intensity and cardio work, uh, especially if you want a cardio workout, but your knees are, you know, not up for running or whatever it is. Um, body pump is one of my other favorite classes. I really like body pump. Most gym goers in today's day are familiar with body pump, but not all gyms have it at this point. So what it is, it's, it's a um, pre-choreographed workout, which means that every body pump class is going to be relatively the same, regardless of what gym you're in. It comes from a parent company called Les Mills, and they do uh, a lot of testing on kinesiology, on how different exercises and different um, combinations of exercises will affect your metabolism, will affect strength, will affect all these different positive things. So it's a very science-backed workout, which I love because it means that it's going to be effective for everybody. Um, body pump is cool, too, because every track, so every song, is going to be a different muscle group. And after the first, after the warm-up and then three more songs, you've hit every muscle in your body. You're about halfway through the class. Oh, and if you're a beginner, cool. it's a perfect time to leave because you've already hit every muscle in your body. you got a half-hour workout. There's no need to overdo it. Go home, stretch, you know, drink a protein shake or your glass of milk or whatever it is, right. and then come back in a few days, and maybe you can add on one more track or two more tracks, however you're feeling. So I think oh, that's a really good intro like that, class. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, such a good way to kind of figure out how you like something, get yourself into the habit of working out without overdoing it. Because it's also easy when you're a first timer or you're new to whatever the exercise or the workout is, you're new to lifting weights, whatever it is, to yeah. Yeah. overdo it and then scare yourself off. Because you're like, wow, I'm, I was sore for like 10 days after that. Like, this right. is too much for me. I'm never going back. Right. Oh, I love that. That's like empowering too, you know, like it really is what you make of it. Absolutely. And, you know, every, I say this, I, I try to remember to say it at the beginning of my classes, sometimes I forget, but this is your workout. It's the participants workout. So whatever they need to take from it, that's what it's for. It's not about the instructor, or the person standing at the front of the class. It's for the person at the back row in the back corner whatever they need out of it, they should be able to get out of it, as well as the person who's right up next to the mirror who can do every move even bigger and better than the instructor. And, you know, they're doing three classes back to back to back and not even breaking a sweat. Everybody should be able to pull something from every workout. Oh, I love that. So we'll let's cover it at the end too, but where do you teach? Because I'm like, well, I'm going to take your class right now. <laughs> oh Ooh, absolutely. Okay, it's fun. You'll love it. So yeah. right now I teach at Borton Health Clubs. Um, so they're all across the DC metro area, but I primarily teach at the Boston location, which is in Arlington. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I have this whole thing with fitness. Um, like if you look into the history of fitness as the way it is now, it was designed by men's, you know, and for men's bodies. And yes, there's, there are popular female trainers, um, but most of a majority is just very male dominated. What do you think fitness will look like if women were the founding fathers of fit or founding fathers, founding females of fitness instead? So let's say if like Eva Longoria and Halle Berry and Beyonce, if they were the ones that founded fitness, how did you think how do you think the industry would look like? Oh, that is a good question. And I'm 
Once I answer, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because I you might have a even like more well thought out and just cool answer than I do. <laughs> oh no, no pressure's on me. <laughs> so I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but to, okay. to answer your question, um, I think we're we're heading more in that direction. Fitness yeah. is totally true, founded by men. You know, women couldn't even really work out until you know however many decades ago and have it be normal like I remember my grandma telling me she had a 17 inch waist because she was so thin and she also didn't really have that much muscle on her so um and it was so lovely and ladylike and now something that's lovely and ladylike is like when I go to my uh kickboxing class and I'm like fake curb stomping you know a fake potato sack or whatever and getting my workout on like that's cool now so it's it's interesting how much it's changed but I think it's changing to be you know maybe we're getting there five decades later but I think in the modern era we're getting to the point that like women are getting the workouts that they want we have so much variety in what people can get you can really find something for anybody yeah I love that I love that yeah so it's just becoming just more positive Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think finding something for everybody and something else I'll add is I was listening to a different podcast um, that I really like. It's this, the skinny confidential him and her podcast. I think. Oh yeah. I love that podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. Totally love them. And they had, um, I forget his name on, but the founder of P-Volve, which I hadn't heard of. And it's some, it's some sort of like new workout that's based out of New York and yeah. it's like Pilates and yoga and all these things mixed together. And he like trains all the Victoria's secret models. And so something that he said is that kind of resonated with me is everybody has, you know, within 99%, the same skeletal structure. They have the same underlying structure. Yeah. We see all these different kinds of bodies mm-hmm. and we've been training in a male centric way. We've been, you know, doing hypertrophy for women for, you know, however long women have been lifting for. Um, And so if you're trying to get this super sleek body of the Victoria's Secret models, that's not what they're doing. Um, Something important to know is that not everybody has the same body goals and not everything works on everybody. Everyone's unique. You know, my, my knee shifts a few degrees to the right. So I have to like change the way I put my foot in the cycling gear um, and I have to change the way I squat slightly. So like not everything works for everybody, right. but it was, it was interesting because it, it pointed out to me that people can build different bodies using different workouts, which is kind yeah. of obvious, but it just resonated in a new way for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. No, I love that viewpoint. That's awesome. Yeah, so now I'm going to put you on the spot. So I would love to hear um, what what your opinion on women's fitness would have been if we had founded it. I think it would be more badass and body positive, I think. Like, when I first came up with this question, I was doing, like, the hip thrust, right? Doing it, right. Doing it for, like, years. And I was doing it, like, I originally had started doing something else. Then I realized that other people were doing the end of string. It was called the hip thrust. I was calling it a whole entirely different name. And I would always do my training. So I do, like, pole dance on the side, exercise on the side. But then I can also, I like to lift up heavy things and put them back down and do weight training, right? right. But I <laughs> love that. do separate. 
And I realized one day that there's a different way to do the hip thrust, especially if you're a woman, because our hips can like move a little differently where you get Mm -hmm. twice the burn, like twice as fast. Right. But it had never occurred to me like, oh, let me go ahead and mix some of this uh, exercise and like how a woman's body is able to move. And let me put that with something that's like a traditional exercise. And it just sort of got me thinking, like, how many other things am I missing out on? Because I'm taking it as a standard as, oh, yeah, this is the way we do it. Versus, like, as a woman's body, you can do a few things just, and it's just a little bit of a tweak. But if you tweak it differently, it's a whole different ball game. So I think of it sort of like, um, like, do you remember, like, Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman came out and they had, like, the women warriors there, the Amazons. Yeah. So that's what I think a whole island of women just training and supporting each other and being Pacific. But instead of it being like, oh, well, we have to get a booty shot out of this. It would be like all of us cheering on like, okay, you got this 10 more, 10 more, let's go. And it's just, it really is just celebrating every woman's body type and working like out, as you said, for like, what are your goals are like, how we're going to shape a body because I work out with one of my clients. I, and it's just so weird, but I think about cooking in, in the kitchen and I know, like, let's do this to get this body shape thing. And I think that's, like, something every woman should have. That's so. awesome. Sort of I, also love about, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love what you said about how women can take something that's designed for men and tweak it just a little bit yeah. and have it work even better. I think that's applicable in so many areas of life, not just fitness, not just hip thrusts, which are also the best exercise in the world um, <laughs> love a good booty so love always. a good hip thrust always yeah you're right it's girl power all day <laughs> absolutely and like it's so cool you know I've I've been kind of in and out of professional work environments over the past couple of years and it's cool how you can you know you can take something that was a professional work environment was totally originally designed for men um there's kind of no question about that so it's cool that we can take our own feminine spin and our own cool like female energy and be ultra successful in that environment by being who we are you know who we were born as rather than trying to fit into the mold Ooh, could you talk a little bit more about that because you were 120 percent right like how do you take your femininity and you know just be the essence of you are as a woman and bring that to the professional environment Well, for one thing, you know, part of it is kind of a little more feely and some of it's a little more science-based. I'll break it down some. Oh, Uh, both are good. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I did when I was preparing to enter the professional working world was I did a lot of reading about women in the workplace. And so I read probably half a dozen books just to get different perspectives on it. Because, you know, some books, even if you spend – two or three hours reading a book. If you get one little kernel of nugget, it's worth the two, two or three hours. So that's just a little yeah. gem of knowledge that sticks with you. Yeah. And so some of them were better than others, but kind of what I learned was that for one thing, men traditionally, um, and because of basically cognitive biases that we are all born with, and they're very hard to overcome because they're, they're wired into our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, men are usually judged based on what their potential is, and women are usually judged based on what they have done, what they've already proven. So that kind of puts us at a disadvantage when we're looking for promotions or looking for things like that. So for one thing, it's really important. Women um, also tend to be less 
um, willing to take risks. So one of the risks that often occurs in a workplace is asking for promotions. So um, women then need to be more conscious about asking for promotions and also asking in a way that makes us on a more level playing field with men. So that if we're asking, like, I think I have the potential really putting ourselves to be measured in the same way as our, as our male counterparts. Um, but something that I think we really have an advantage of is that we have a very unique perspective. Um, women traditionally, um, and obviously this is, this is a generalization, not every woman will be more X than every man, just as not every man will be more whatever than every woman. Right. Uh, it varies individual to individual, but as a general population, women tend to be um, more nurturing. They tend to be um, more empathetic. So we can really you know, if you're in a client-facing role, whether it's personal training, whether you're an accountant and you, you know, work with people in their financial situations or whatever it is, we are better, usually better able to connect with those clients. So that can give us a really great opportunity to get to know them better, um, to bring recurring business in because we have a personalized connection. Um, it also allows us to kind of flip things on their heads when we're in meeting. So it might be, you know, a, a woman and six guys and they're all, you know, working in a professional environment as one does, um, but with a different perspective, just because women have different experiences as they grow up, as they come of age, as they live their lives um, in different kind of natural tendencies towards empathy, towards a slightly different way of thinking. And I think it's powerful. Like I love going into a meeting and wearing a dress. I love a powerful dress in a workplace environment. It's feminine, but it's still appropriate. Um, but you're saying, you know, I'm here. I know I'm a woman. I'm not pretending. Pantsuits right. are great too. But I love, I love just taking control over the fact that I am a woman and I'm proud of it. And I'm going to be just as good as anybody else, not because of my gender, but because of who I am and what I bring to the table. Oh, I love that. Do you ever like reach a point or like, what advice would you give to someone who says, okay, so I like doing that, or, but they're scared to start wearing a dress to a meeting, you know, um, or saying, like, how do I get my voice to be heard in Yeah, that's a good question. And so part of us, I'll say, you know, I'm young, and so for me, my experiences might not apply to everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, I'm young. I'm really fortunate to have grown up in a time that I – I honestly have never felt that I've been less than because of my gender. Um, there's times that I've been different because of my gender, but I've never been from my perspective at a disadvantage, um, yeah. which is a, it's a very special thing. And I know not everybody has had that experience. Um, so for me, I, I would just say, you know, if you're, if you're struggling and you're kind of scared to, to break out of, the mold that you think is appropriate for your office start small start with the little things like wear a pretty necklace one day or wear red lipstick or something small just just something a little bit different to just say like hey i'm here and i'm proud and i look pretty today but i'm still gonna kick ass in the workplace yeah. oh i love that that's yeah yeah i love that so tim ferris he mentioned um that his, I was listening to a podcast with him last night with him and Lewis Howes, another podcast I love. And he mentioned that whenever his framework of fitness is set, everything else falls into place. 
but like how hard it is to have a framework for fitness set. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have any tips for juggling grad school, work, and fitness? Like, how do you keep that framework there? So for me, it really is about the basics. So, so often when, and it happens to everybody at some point, it just happens to some people more than others. But we're like, you know, I'm, I'm so tired. I can't, I can't work out today. Like, I'm just so tired. Where does your energy come from? It comes from your sleep and from your food. So the easiest thing to do if you're not in a habit of working out or you feel like you're kind of falling off of your habit of working out is to change your eating and your sleeping habits so that you have more energy. And once you have more energy, it's going to be easy to get yourself to get 15 or 20 or 30 or an hour of a workout because you have more energy. And once you start working out, it's really easy to keep it going. Um, so for me, it's just making sure that I eat well. I'm feeding my self with good food and you know everybody cheats if you have too strict of a diet for me it doesn't work um, but for me I found foods that work for my body everybody has slightly different nutritional requirements but just find what works for you my metric is if I feel sluggish after eating it's probably not a good food that I should be eating if I feel energized that is a good food that I should continue eating yeah. And once you get started, it's almost a little bit addictive, isn't it? When you're like, wait, I can eat food, which is a beautiful thing and feel this good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you know, when you, when you got on your like second or third week of like really crushing it in the kitchen, like you've eaten really healthy and delicious food and you've gotten your body moving, you feel so incredible and so energized and just in a good state of mind after just a few short weeks of doing that. It's crazy how good our bodies can feel if we treat them well. Yeah. What is your favorite recipe or your like easiest meal prep food to make? So I love chicken thighs. Um, that's my easiest meal prep. Um, so basically I'll just put them in the oven at 425 for about 22 minutes. I like chicken thighs better than chicken breasts um, for a few reasons. One is they have more fat. My body digests fat really well, um, yeah. so that works for me. Um, I also burn a lot of calories in my workouts usually, so they get a few extra calories from those fat um, calories, and I think they taste better generally. So, you know, yeah. when given the choice between tasting better and tasting worse, I usually choose tasting better. Um, <laughs> so that's my easiest meal prep. I just throw on whatever I have in the fridge, a little olive oil and like mustard or some spices. Um, but my, my favorite meal prep that I've been doing recently, it's so good for summer, is I've been making this, um, I call it like summer guac. So instead of making um, guacamole with tomatoes, I'll mix um, avocado with strawberries. And so it works because you still get the acid in there to cut through the fat. Um, so as long as you just do a squeeze of lemon or of lime juice, it works super well. And it's very light. You get a really nice flavor. Great for avocado toast. I'm going to make this tomorrow. I promise you. <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. I put it on my Instagram story a few weeks back and I got a lot of feedback from it. Some people were like, girl, what is that? Like you can't put tomatoes in avocado, but 99% of people were like, oh my God, I'm salivating right now. That looks so good. I'm going to try it because I actually just bought some avocados earlier today and I knew there was a reason they were in my cart. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's perfect right now because strawberries are in season. And so you can always yeah. get the ones that are like, 
you know, two for four dollars or whatever at the grocery store, you can get a good deal on them. And yeah. so it's a good way to use them up faster before they go bad. That's true. That's super true. What does the term strength mean to you? Um, for one, I think it means being secure in yourself. I think all strength kind of emanates from within. And so one can be physically strong without being emotionally tough. And that strength only goes so far. Um, you know, if you, it sounds like you listen to podcasts, I imagine a lot of the, the listeners to this listen to, to podcasts as well outside of here or just in their day-to-day lives. I've heard people talking about, you know, maybe they're, they're a distance runner and a lot of that strength to finish the marathon or to, to be the best at your sport comes from mental toughness, not from physical toughness. So the physical toughness comes from working out, but so does the mental toughness, whether it's meditating, whether it's being mindful, whether it's, you know, just making sure to be reflective and work on how you react to things, how you respond to things, how you intake information and um, just live your day-to-day life. It takes just as much practice as the physical strength. No, you're so you're so true about that. When I turned um, 26.2, I had this goal of running a marathon, right? Then I oh, that's to, like, so, how appropriate, 26.2. <laughs> right, because I'm like extra weird, sort of weird like that. So I went every mile to represent a year of my life. But I, and this is just a private marathon. Like I just ran it, but I was so sick in the weeks leading up to it that I didn't get to train. So I took oh out God. a list and I just wrote down like 26 of like, my biggest failures, you know, or the biggest moments that knocked me down. And before I got to every mile, I would just look at the list and be like, okay, so because I survived this, this is how I know this next mile is already done. So you're so right. Like, it's just about mentally, what can you do that goes along with the physical aspect? I love it. That is such a powerful story. And it, it just goes to show, yeah, like we, we are so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And, like, you hear stories about Marines that will, like, run a marathon without training and have, like, bones crack in their foot. Like, I don't – I'm not recommending that to anybody. Right. But anybody can give, like, 10% more than whatever they're giving at the moment. Like, that exactly. 10% exists, and it's easy to find if you're just willing to ask yourself for it. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. You have to be willing to ask yourself for it, and, and, it, and it is easy to find. Like, we all have that inside of us. We just have to open the box. What does the term beauty mean to you? Um, for me, beauty really stems from confidence. Mm. I think, um, you know, have you ever seen somebody wearing, like, you, you know, you're walking down the street and you're like, damn, that person looks just like super fierce today. Like they have got yeah. it together. And yeah. then you're like, I could never pull those pants off, but they look so good on her. The yeah. thing is like, we all could pull those pants off. It's just yeah. the person we're watching is wearing them with confidence And we don't feel like we have the confidence to wear them. So for me, beauty is really just like being confident and being, you know, secure in yourself, whatever it is that it looks like or feels like or acts like, like that's you. So be proud of it. Own it. Yeah. And how do you, how would you treat it if you were to do something like that? And then, um, because I've noticed sometimes like if a woman dresses up and dresses cute, sometimes we support her. But then sometimes she gets judged. So if we feel ourselves being judged for something, how do you handle that? Gosh, that's a good question. And that's tough because, you know, as much as we like to talk about women's empowerment and holding each other up, like sometimes people can be nasty to to each other. And we've all all suffered from that affliction of just 
you know, wanting to take somebody down a notch, not even realizing it. But we're like, mm, like, her hair looks rough today. Like, yeah. so for, to me, I think it's important to realize that, you know, people, people are acting not because of really anything you're doing. Most of people's action come from something within themselves. Mm-hmm. So even just reflecting on the times that we in our own life have been, you know, nasty unnecessarily or whatever, um, usually that comes from a point of insecurity within ourselves. It's not anything to do with the other person. Um, so I think that's just important to remember that most of people's actions are about themselves internally, not about anything else. Oh, yeah, that's that's so true. That's so true. So we've talked a lot about femininity today. What does femininity mean? Or how would you um, Yeah, so I think I would define it as embracing your womanhood and everything that comes with it. So yeah. I think there's this kind of like secret power that women have and they can harness it if they want. And it's one of those intangibles, you can't really put your finger on it, but there's just a light that emanates from within women. Like we have this amazing superpower of like literally bringing life into the world. And Mm -hmm. so the universe has blessed us in this incredible way of being kind of the sole curators of human life. And we need some guys to do it, but it really comes from women. And so there's such a beautiful thing that comes with that. And I think kind of feeling that, that life-giving energy and harnessing it um, to be loving and to be happy is is so powerful. Oh, oh my goodness. This is like the most amazing conversation. Like I'm sitting up straight <laughs> here. I'm feeling better about myself just by listening. <laughs> what do you love the most about being a woman? Um, I love that I can do things that are unexpected. Yeah. I think that women, especially in the modern era, we're kind of a wild card. Um, one of the things that I that I say um, to a lot of my girlfriends who are my age is, I love that I can be a working woman, and I love that I can be a stay-at-home mom, and I love even more that I have the choice. Yeah, um, that's so <laughs> incredible, and we're so lucky. We're really the first generation to have that choice completely. Um, you know, our moms might've been judged for choosing one or the other. And our grandmas really didn't have a choice or, you know, if they were a working woman, they were a secretary or a school teacher or something like that, which is still, you know, a super commendable job, but they just didn't have the options that we have today. So I love that we are now, you know, we can surprise anybody with how amazing we can be, how successful we can be in whatever endeavor it is that we choose. We can be the PTA president and be the best soccer mom in the world and just totally crush it at raising amazing kids. Or we can, you know, be the CEO, or we can be both, and we have those options. Right. Oh, yes. Amen. (laughs) It would have been so easy, too. Like, when I think back to a couple weeks ago when we met, it would have been so easy for us to just sort of, like, keep to ourselves and not to have really met each other, even though we were within the same space, but we made that like extra step to connect a little bit, you know, like what can you talk about the power of connecting as women and not staying in our shells, but being like, Hey, and just branching out because now here we are having each other, you know, and the day right. not, it would have been a totally different day. <laughs> I know. That's so true. And especially now everyone is just like whipping out their iPhones as soon as they have a minute to like burn. 
Right. So sometimes I catch myself and I'm like on the metro or I'm, you know, waiting for, you know, a friend to meet me at a restaurant or whatever. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, let me check Facebook. Let me check my email, whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, rather than just being present in the moment. So I think especially, you know, as we're trying to connect with other women and lift each other up and just make this community of, of sisterhood, of womanhood that can span across space and time and um, age and everything else. I think that just, you know, letting yourself look up from the iPhone for a moment and say hi to somebody because usually they're feeling as lost as you are. So if you can, can help them fill in that void of those five minutes they have to burn, that's such a good opportunity to, you know, find something that you have in common. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What would you tell your 11-year-old self and what would you tell your 21-year-old self? So my 11-year-old self, I think I would say, be proud of your work. Um, I remember when I was in like elementary school, I had this bad habit one year of we, we had like weekly writing assignments and I would do them, but I would never turn them in because I wasn't proud of them. I was like, I think I could have done better, but I really hated writing. So I would finish them and then not get a grade for them. And then my teacher would call home and be like, what the heck? Like, why is Katie not turning in? Assignments. Like I know you're doing them. Um, I think that's, you know, it spreads obviously across academic work to your work in the office, to um, your relationships. Be proud of your work because whatever effort you gave, you know, make sure the effort you give is your best of the time, but whatever you, effort you gave, it, it was what you did. It's your work. And, um, you know, we're all going through life trying to create the best life we can have, the best existence we can have. And so be proud of what you've created. Um, So that's what I would tell my 11-year-old self. To my 21-year-old self, I would give um, a piece of advice my mom gave me. Um, One time we were at a restaurant and I got dessert and I was like, I'm so full, but like, this is so good. Like I have, I have to finish it. I was always in the clean plates club. And my mom was like, no, it's a tasting menu. You don't have to finish it. And so, yeah. Right. Like how, how cool is that one line? Like it's a tasting menu. You don't have to finish it. And it applies to everything from food to alcohol, to relationships, to anything else. Life is really just a collection of experiences. So once you've, had a taste of something, if you don't like it enough to finish it, or there's not room in your life for it right now, you don't have to. You can always come back to it. You can always order the dessert again another night. Or if you don't like it, there's no commitment. You can let it go. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. What a wonderful, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be using that probably for the rest of my life. I'll be following your mom's advice. Absolutely. And it's so great, too, when you go to a restaurant and you're like, do I want, you know, the salad or do I want the steak or, you know, whatever you're looking at? And yeah. it's okay to try a taste of both, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Do you have a favorite quote, a word of wisdom? Gosh, um, that's hard. So one, one thing that I was thinking in the shower this morning that's been sticking with me for the past couple of weeks, it's, it's a Kanye West quote, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to, mess it up but it's something along the lines of if you don't love yourself who will um which i think you know it's so spot on and people are saying this in so many different ways now which i think is awesome because hopefully one of those ways will stick with each person but you know i've i've learned that the 
the easiest thing and the most effective thing to work on is yourself and everything else will come with that. So love yourself first and the rest of the love will follow. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, thanks, gorgeous. Thanks so much for joining us at the cocktail table. I mean, just like your wisdom, the way you view life. It's just, I just want to acknowledge you. Like it really is amazing. And it's a light that I, I feel like you're pouring to all of our other champagne glasses, right? Like you're filling us all up. So I want to thank you for that. That means just the world to me. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show and for bringing, you know, the, the wisdom of so many women to all of your viewers. Aw, thank you. We're a sisterhood. We got to stand together as queens all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Queens, that is the right word. We are all queens. Yes. yes. So queen, where can we work out with you? How, how can we follow you? <laughs> that was not okay, so you can find me. Um, my Instagram is at kw may may like the month okay. um my twitter is kw may 16 somebody stole my instagram handle on that one so they don't match sorry about that <laughs> and then if you want to come work out with me you can find me at sport and health um so facebook sport and health it's an ampersand say and sign um or sportandhealth.com i work out at the boston location primarily okay Great. And ladies, as always, we'll have all the links in the show notes for easy access. Well, thanks, beautiful. I appreciate having you. Absolutely. So happy to be here. Ah, it's good. It was a good time. So beautiful. Thanks so much for joining the gorgeous Katie and I at Fitness and Mimosas. Always remember to make life beautiful and to be your own definition of beautiful. So I look forward to seeing your beautiful soul next week and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Love you all. Fitness kisses your way. Hi, gorgeous. If any part of this podcast made you go, yes, girl, yes, girl, yes, <laughs> please rate this podcast and leave a review below. This is a sisterhood. And the more we support each other, the more we get to stand together. To test out more booty building workouts, get your free six-day booty transformation guide at bombshellbuttlift.com. And in the words of Coco Chanel, you can be gorgeous at 30, charming at 40, and irresistible for the rest of your life. Love you. Have a beautiful day.